The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and visual teachings, visit mountainpark.org. Good morning again. My name is Greg, and I am one of the pastors here at Mountain Park Church. And if you are new, once again, uh, we are so glad you're here to help us celebrate this day. And those who are regular attenders, thank you for being here as well. Um, I am the pastor of Outreach Ministries here, and I like to explain it this way. Outreach, uh, for me, is just making a difference in somebody's life. Uh, whether you uh, bring a smile to their face or you go across the world to feed the, hunger, the, hung, the hungry, um, that's what we do. That's, that's what outreach is all about. And so you are the difference maker in making a difference in somebody's life. And so that's what I do here, uh, uh, here at the church, and um, I just absolutely love my job. Uh, Alan, our, our senior pastor, is uh, not here, obviously. I don't know if he's in the room, but uh, as you know, if you've been here for some time, Alan uh, generally takes off July just to uh, uh, gather some thoughts and to get some information and just to re relax and recover and to be uh, reloaded, reloaded. And so um, Alan will be back next week. As John had mentioned, uh, he's going to start a new series called Raw, and it's going to be raw around here, guys. As you can see, if you look at the walls, they're, they're gone. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but all the paneling's all gone off the wall. Um, uh, also, um, Alan's birthday was Thursday, and I thought I saw Alan. I don't know if he's in the room, so we're going to give Alan a quick shout-out. His birthday was last Thursday, so one, two, three, we're going to say happy birthday, Alan. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday, Alan. All I don't know if you're in here, Alan, but we, we're going to start right there. So um, had a great summer myself. Uh, it started off with my wife and I going uh, to Rhode Island, have never been there, so we spent a little time there. When we got back from Rhode Island, uh, unfortunately, uh, my, my mother passed away. And I just want to take this opportunity right now. Many of you sent cards, uh, you sent uh, notes, uh, gave me hugs and handshakes and condolences. Guys, I felt the family of the church, and I really appreciate that. I, I, I can't say enough about um, the, you know, the response that we got. And my lovely wife, uh, she took care of business, and she's a champion. So thank you, everybody, for that. Um, uh, um, and then uh, during the summer also, um, we are having a, uh, a new member to our family, a new member to our family. No, Anne is not pregnant. She's not pregnant. Ooh. She's not pregnant. Uh, but my, my oldest son proposed to his, his uh, girlfriend, and she said yes. And so we're going to add another <laughs> member to our family. Yes. Yeah. I didn't get permission for that, so he's, he's smiling over there. But um, um, Another thing, guys, for me to be up here, I'm a processor. I have to process things. And so for me to be up here, it was a process for me saying yes. When Alan asked me to be up here, I said yes immediately, but I felt like I had two or three hours to go back to Alan and say, hey, Alan, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm telling you guys right now, I feel like I'm getting ready to just kick off. And I'm, I, my heart is like this, man. I'm ready to take off and go and play some football or something. I don't know. But it's, guys, this is, this, is, it's, this is different up here, let me tell you. It's different. But um, I have a process that I went through. And so for me, you know, guys, I love the church. And so I asked myself, the first question was, who are you to come up here and speak? Who are you? And say, so, first of all, um, I feel like I have a unique story. I have a unique story. But I feel like every single one of you have a unique story as well. And if you ever get an opportunity to tell your story, make sure that you tell the long version. Tell them the long version. Sit down, make a, make a relationship with that person. But as far as this is concerned, for me, it's not enough to be uh, just to have a story. Um, 
I asked myself another question. Well, we've, we've been about this church for a long time. We go back all the way to the Pueblo days. For those who don't go back to the Pueblo days, we used to meet in the middle school uh, on the other side of Chandler Bull- of, of the I-10. Uh, my family had been a part of this church. My son, my oldest son is 29 years old, and um, he knows no other church. And so we've been invested in the church, but that in and of itself is not enough for me to get up here and speak. Um, when I was 21 years old, uh, I was baptized. And for me, that was sort of the start of, like, let's get serious about, you know, your, your spirituality. And I promised God, hey, um, uh, whatever you give me, I'm going to say yes. Whether I'm capable or not, I'm going to say yes. Well, for me, that was... That's pretty good, you know. That's a, that's a reason to say yes. And then I don't know about the rest of you, but when your boss says, hey, can you do this for me? I hope you say yes. <laughs> I hope you say yes. You know, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. But uh, more so than that, guys, just a, and I, I'm sure you, you understand this, that this is a coveted place. This, this is an important time. This 9 o'clock and this 1030 time that you come here and we celebrate. Guys, this is important, all right? And regardless of Alan and I's friendship, he can't do me a favor by letting me speak because we're friends, all right? For, so to me, that was a vote of confidence in Alan having me come up here and speak. Well, that's pretty good, all right? I, that's, that's something to say yes to. And then finally, guys, for me, it is simply this. This is a blessing. Even though my heart is coming out of my chest right now, all right, this is a blessing. And uh, I am not going to pass up a blessing. And so that is uh, why I'm here today. And so for me, the next process was, okay, so what do you want to talk about? You want to say something prof- profound? You want to say something relevant? You want to say something important? And so I said yes. And to me, I think yeses are pretty important. They're pretty important. And there are a lot of profound yeses in the Bible. And so that's where we're going to stay. We're going we're to talk about some of the important yeses in the Bible. But before the, we do that, let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this opportunity. Um, I pray for the, the people here that uh, the words that come out of my mouth are the things that they need to hear uh, to move them along in their spirituality, Heavenly Father. And so... Um, Just be with us. Be with me. Be with uh, those that are here, Heavenly Father, and just bless our time. We love you, and we pray all these things in your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, the power of yes. And keeping in true Mountain Park form, you know we had to show you something funny, right? All right, so check out the video. We're going to make a covenant, Carl. Do you want to make a covenant? Uh, The word is yes, Carl. Once you leave this building, every time an opportunity presents itself, you will say yes. Yes! 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 yes. I do want to take the guitar lessons. I do want to learn how to fly. Yes, I would like to learn Korean. Yeah, Rooney? Yo, Carl, hitting the clubs? Got a case of Red Bull? Gonna pull an all-nighter. You down? Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful night, guys. You take it to the limit, I respect that. Hey, Allison, it's me, Carl, I'm here! How was that? <laughs> we hit a couple of raves last night. It was totally off the hook. Yeah, you seem a little hyper. I had a couple of Red Bulls. You ever had a Red Bull? I never had a Red Bull before, but I had a Red Bull last night. I really like Red Bull. (laughs) 
So I love Jim Carrey. He's awesome. Um, but we're going to start in Genesis, guys. There's so many yeses. Uh, I'm going to go through this sort of fast, and so just bear with me. They're going to put some scripture up on the, uh, on the screen, but we're going to get through this uh, as, as fast as I can get through it. And so we're going to start in Genesis 11 and 12, and we find Abram or Abraham. And Abraham has just been uh, communicated. God has just communicated with Abraham. And he tells him, hey, we're, I'm going to bless you. And those that bless you are going to be blessed. Those that curse you are going to be cursed. And I'm going to make you into a great nation. He says, yes, I'll do that. I'm going to spend a little bit more time with that, though. Before this happens, and if you look at the scriptures, at least in my Bible, he immediately goes from Babel to Abraham or Abram. And those of you that uh, know about uh, Babel, Babel is a time where God confused the language of, of people because they were just sinful and send them out to the, the corners of the earth. And that is pretty traumatic. That's pretty traumatic in my, in, in my view. And when you have things like that in the Bible, I always try to, you know, make it relevant to me and make sense to me. And so this is how this makes sense to me. Uh, just picture the earth. And the axis turning on the earth such that places like Florida and Arizona are now in the North Pole. And now, and we experience that, that, uh, that, uh, that weather. If something like that would happen, the residual of that effect would go on for hundreds of years, correct? I think that's the same thing that happened with Babel. When he confused all the languages, uh, and, and there was a residual. And the reason why I say that is because uh, between Abram, Abraham and uh, this Babel occurrence, there was about, this, uh, theologists say that it's probably about uh, anywhere from 250 to uh, 500 years. The reason why I say that is because theologians suggest that maybe Abraham was a idol worshiper. They said that's a possibility because of the era that he was coming from. Nevertheless, when God speaks to him, speaks to him, he immediately says, yes, he says, yes, God, I'll do this. I'll do it. And then we're going to move on to um, uh, Genesis uh, 37, specifically 41. When you have the story of Joseph, basically he's been uh, kidnapped by his brothers and they put him into slavery and he finds himself in, um, in, in uh, Pharaoh's um, uh, presence. And, and he, uh, he says to him, hey, Joseph, uh, um, can you interpret this dream for him? And he says, I can't do that, but through God, he will interpret that. And so basically he says, yes, he says, yes. And then we go to First uh, Samuel 17, and we have the story of King David, King David. And nobody wants to take on Goliath. And David says, Saul, let no one lose heart on, my, on account of this Philistine, this monster. Your servant will go there and fight him. Yes, I will take care of him. I will take care of him. And then last week, Don talked about Jonah and being in the belly of a fish and the darkness and the stench and the hopelessness that, 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 that Jonah had. You know, sometimes we need to get in those positions before we say yes to God, before we say yes to God. Then we move on to the, uh, to the, to the New Testament in Matthew. And you have the calling of the, the, the disciples, uh, the first disciples, and once they left when God, when Jesus approached them, he said, we'll make you fishers of men. They said, yes. They said, yes. They said, yes. There's amazing things, a powerful thing. And I think about um, Christ and some of his uh, miracles. That's just him saying yes to the ask. He says, you need wine? Sure, I'll take care of that. All right. You got a broken arm? I'll take care of that. You, you have leprosy? Yeah, I'll take care of that. Got some weather issues? I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. If you want to be blessed, say yes. 
If you want to be blessed, say yes, right? Say yes, say yes, say yes, right? If you want to be blessed, I think I like the sound of that. All right, so I'm going to say, you want to be blessed. I'm going to say, say, you say. You want to be blessed, say. You want to be blessed, say. And you guys, you know I'm all about sports, right? All right, all right. So we're going to have some competition right here, all right? You want to be blessed, say. 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 Winners. All right, winners, winners, winners. All right. You want to be blessed, say yes. And then you have Christ himself. I think we have that in Luke 22. Father, if, if, you're, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will be done, but your will be done. Yes, I'll go to the cross. I'll go to the cross, Father. You know, sometimes it's, uh, it's difficult. It's difficult uh, to say yes to God. When we say yes, we make sure we got to make sure we come in with a clean slate. Say yes to God. You know, I have this, uh, I have this um, um, process that I go through and about the, the yeses and the noes, and I, I like to have fun with it. And a lot of times I have conversations, and I love to have conversations, these theology, theology questions. You know, I'm a pastor, so everybody brings that to me, and they want an answer. I say, I don't know. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's process it. But when I have those conversations, I call it nameology, right? I came in nameology, and so it's like this. We'll have conversations, and we will talk about things that seem like they're, they're in the Bible. And, and I don't know if they're in the Bible, but they sound spiritual, and they, they may make sense. And not to say that you're right or wrong, but I don't know if I read that in the Bible, right? And so I always say, and I say it to myself, okay, uh, Rita, I'm going to pick on you. Okay, Rita, give me your readology. All right, give me your readology or um, Donna. Donna, give me your Donology. Give me your Donology, please. All right, and so right now, guys, I'm going to give you some Gregology. It's not exactly in the Bible, but I think it's, it's spiritual. Some of it's in the Bible. Anyhow, it's this, that everybody that's in the Bible, for the most part, they're in the Bible because they said yes to God. For the most part, they said yes to God. And the people that are not in the Bible, for the most part, said no to God. There, that's my, my Gregology. <laughs> right? Simple, right? Simple. And, and I sort of back that up with uh, just a couple things. One thing I back it up with is, is that uh, we're living that right now. I know people that have said no and people that have said yes. People that said yes have an amazing story. People that say no, you never hear about them. You never hear about them. I don't think we have this, um, uh, uh, this scripture up here, but I believe it's in uh, Matthew 19 um, where you have the rich man and he comes to Christ and he says, um, what can I do? What can I do? I want to be all that. He says, well, sell all your stuff, sell all your stuff, all right? Give it to the poor and then come follow me, right? And uh, he doesn't do it because why? He's got too much, he's got a lot of things and he goes away sad. What if he just said Yes. Don't you think he had amazing testimony that was written in the Bible? I think so. And if you take uh, Judas, the one that uh, betrayed uh, Christ, and, uh, and uh, he said yes initially, and then he went back on his yes, and he said yes to something that was not spiritual. He says yes to something that was not spiritual. Man, it's difficult. It's difficult to say yes to God sometimes. 
There's a book that I try to crack open every day, if not every week. It's uh, James Merrill. Some of you may have, had, may have known about this book. It's called 52, um, 52 uh, Steps Through the Bible. 52, I'm sorry, 52 Weeks Through the Bible. And uh, it's very powerful and, and it's straight to the point. I love it. And he says this in one of his chapters. He says that when faced with a difficult decision, you will go one or two directions. Either you go to the direction of fear or you'll go to the direction of faith. Fear and faith. He says that when your faith is wavering, make sure that you always go back to what God has done in your life. That will help you to be stable, especially in the Bible. Go back to the Bible if your faith is, is, is wavering. There's, there's a concept here that's involving, at least for myself, that I like to always look at. And I've talked about two of them. There's three of them. Talked about the yes, making a decision, going one, one direction or the next. The other one is when you say yes, your faith is enacted. And faith is about perseverance. It's about uh, loyalty. It's about following through. And then the next thing that happens is, in my opinion, is that the righteousness starts to appear. Starts to appear. Saying yes to God, your faith is enacted, enacted and then the righteousness uh, starts to happen. Righteousness is an extremely powerful word. I don't know if we use that often, like that person is righteous. They're righteous. That's just not a word that we use, but I think the reason why we don't use it, it's just a powerful word. And I just want to make sure we get one thing straight. There's only one person that is 100% righteous. However, if you look in the Bible, if you look in the Bible, all right, there are many people that are not righteous, I'm sorry, that are righteous that have done some, some horrible things, horrible things. If you look at, uh, and I believe we have it, James 2, 21. I'm going to read it off my phone here because I can't see the screen. All right, it says this, James 2. Was not your father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. The scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and he was, he was credited to him as being righteous. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by their faith alone. Not by their faith alone. That's... that's Cool stuff. I love that stuff. I love it. Say yes to God. Say yes to God. You know, they said that uh, there's a couple of facts I just want to share about, about the, the power of yes. And to me, it's just, it's just elementary. Some of these things are just elementary. Uh, when you say yes, when you say yes, you have more opportunities. You have more opportunities. It's just simple, right? If I ask somebody and I say, hey, can you do this for me? And they say no. I was like, okay, no worries. I'll figure it out. Okay. If I go to that same person again, I ask them again and they say, no, I'm going to start scratching my head. All right. I've gone to a third time. They say, no, I'm not going back. People that say yes. Guys, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. People that say yes have more opportunities. All right. Studies say that people that say yes are more attractive. That's what they say. So make sure that you're working on your yes. 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 However, I don't think they're talking about that type of attractiveness. All right. The attractiveness they're, 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 they're talking about is this. Um, um, and I, I'll put it this way because sometimes we use this term. It's the, the man or the woman crush. Like, man, 
Jose, man, I, man, I just love the way you study that Bible. I want to be just like Jose. I just want to be just like him. Or I tell you what, Rita, I got I gotta, I gotta a man crush on you, Rita, because you know what? I know how spiritual you are. I want to be, I, I want to have that type of, I want to have that type of love for the Bible. That's the type of, that's the type of uh, attractiveness that they're talking about. People that say yes, people that say yes, uh, it's just a vote of confidence. When Alan said yes, or asked me and I said yes, it was a residual thing. But man, I, I felt good about myself. It just, I just felt great to be asked, you know, to come up here and speak. And finally, guys, when you say yes, it's just an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to grow. If you, this is not part of my notes, but it just came to me, you know, the parables of, uh, of, of the talents, the five and the three. They went out and invested their money. They took some chances. They said yes to things and boom, they grew. And the one that had the one, he took his and he bared it. He wanted to stay the status quo. He wanted to keep, make sure that we stay in the status quo. He didn't grow at all. All right. Jesus had some harsh words for him. You know, when you start with no, it is, a, it is a fear response. And this comes from a psychologist by the name of Roy Bannister. He says that there's a phenomenon out there when you say no, and it comes from, or the phenomenon is called, it's really simple, is that no is smart or stronger. No is stronger than yes. No is stronger than yes. And he says it's a phenomenon. It says it comes from an, an instinctive reaction to survive. If you, don't have to, if you don't have to do this, all right, status quo, I'll say no. I'm, it's, a, it's an instinctual thing. We say no. When you say no, for the most part, for the most part, when you say no, it just, uh, it just uh, promotes defensiveness. It's polarizing. It shuts down innovation, collaboration, and connectedness. Say yes to God. Say yes to godly things. You know, I want to give one disclaimer, uh, just one disclaimer about saying yes. And when you do say yes, and it's this, uh, my wife and I uh, are celebrating our 30th year anniversary. We've been married 30 years. And so um, it's awesome. We had a great time. Um, when she said yes 30 years ago, when I said yes 30 years ago, I had a preconceived uh, notion, I'm sure she did too, that she was going to be all that and she was going to do this and I was going to do that and, and so on and so forth. And, and let me tell you, I'm sorry, baby, but you, sometimes you don't get there. And so, <laughs> so, <laughs> right, you don't get there. You don't get there. Uh, so when we say yes, make sure that your yes is your yes and your no is your no and make sure it's a clean slate that you're not expecting anything ex except for you to follow through. Except for you to follow through. You know, one of the most uh, profound, one of the most profound yeses that uh, um, uh, I, I've ever said was uh, in 2004. In 2004, I was invited to go to uh, Honduras. And uh, I had been on one mission trip before that as a young person. But before that, um, I had not been on a mission trip and wasn't thinking about going on a mission trip. And uh, the person that invited me, his name was Chris Gedney. He was a football player, so we had some things in common. He had just retired from the Cardinals. And so, um, you know, I, I uh, appreciated his friendship. And so even though I didn't want to go, I said, okay, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go to Honduras. Little did I know at the time uh, that uh, Honduras was uh, the murder capital of the world. <laughs> True. It's the murder capital of the world. I think it's like two now. It's their number two murder capital of the world. 
I didn't want to go. I really, I truly didn't want to go. Later found out also that uh, uh, Honduras is one of nine um, uh, Central America countries and uh, 60% of all the AIDS in that 909 countries are in Honduras. Boy, I didn't want to go. I did not want to go. I reluctantly said, okay, we'll go. But I had a couple outs. One came naturally. One came naturally. About three weeks before we had to go, um, I had said yes to Chris, and then Chris um, bailed out. He didn't go. He didn't want to go. I was like, dude, man, you, got, you went through all this trouble, got me to go. I went through all the effort, and now you're not going? Really? Really? Help me out. Help me out, man. All right, and the second out was this. I didn't have a passport, and I didn't know the process of the passport, and so I... Um, you know, I, I fill out the paperwork and did what I was supposed to do, but my passport wasn't going to make it. I didn't think it was going to make it, right? And so my out was that, okay, guys, golly gee, I really wanted to go, but, <laughs> but uh, my passport's not here, so I'll, I'll just have to stay home. Sorry, sorry. And, uh, and so I just wanted to stay true to that, so I was checking the mail, and uh, the day that we had to leave, we left at 2.15, I remember it. And so I said the mail was coming around 9, went to the mailbox, opened the mailbox, just went through, just read, had my phone, I was ready to call him and Hmm. U.S. government. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. My passport. Guys, literally, my passport arrived the day that we had to depart. And so I said, all right, I guess I'm going to Honduras. And so we go to Honduras. And so just to speed up the story just a little bit, guys, the reason why I went to Honduras is because... um, uh, uh, they're recovering residual from Hurricane, uh, Hurricane uh, yeah, Mitch that happened years ago. It devastated the country. A couple uh, errors were just completely under, under, underwater. Uh, they had an issue with water. Kids were dying because of drinking the water. And so our task, uh, um, our, our job was to uh, help them trench uh, down a mountain. Let me see if I can get this again. Um, El um, Mono Negro Mantoya. Black Monkey Mountain. And so this mountain is roughly about 12 to 13 kilometers. I think that's the, the trans, you know, the, uh, the, the European thing, but because that's what they use there. And it's roughly about eight miles. And they tapped into a water source way up in the mountain. And our task was to trench down that mountain park's task was to trench down 500 feet. And so we, we find ourselves going up uh, this hill. I'm sorry, hill, this mountain. And guys, we're in the jungle. We are in the jungle. All right, you look this way's jungle, this way jungle, everywhere's jungle. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, what have I got myself into? What have I got myself into? And so the truck stops. There's about 12 of us. We jump off. We, we walk into uh, the middle of the jungle, and we walk literally about a mile in the jungle. And then we come upon these two Honduran men, and they're trenching, you know, through the jungle. And that was our task. And so that's what we did. We trenched through the, <laughs> through the jungle. That particular time, it's usually not that hot, but it was extremely hot. It was around 95 degrees with about 80% humidity. It was, it was, it was horrific. It was terrible. Um, It has a high canopy, and so everything was just stays inside. It's just like an oven. And so we worked hard for about about six hours, and I'm getting depleted. I'm getting depleted. Even though I play sports, uh, I have a bit of a disorder, I guess, if you, if you will. I have a, a low red blood count, so I sweat a lot. I lose weight really fast. And so I got to the point where I was completely depleted, and I was in trouble. I was in trouble. It was quitting time, and, and we started to make our way out, so everybody's walking out, and you know everybody's depleted. No one's saying anything. They just want to get out of there. And so we start to walk out of there. We start to walk, and I'm in trouble. I am in trouble. 
we had, to, we had to walk a mile to get out of there. And we start to walk. And pretty soon there's, there's people right there. And all of a sudden there's people over there. And all of a sudden I can't see anybody except Cliff Porter. And I told Cliff, I said, hey, Cliff. <laughs> and I took a knee. I said, I, I don't know if I can make it out. I'm serious. And I'm serious. I don't know if I can make it out. I said, Cliff, um, don't leave me. <laughs> don't leave me. I was serious. Don't leave me. It took us twice as long to get out of there. The truck had already come and, and left, and they said, we'll be back to pick you up, and we had not made it there. No sooner than I got to the road, I just collapsed. I just collapsed, and um, it, I'm going to mimic this. Don't laugh, guys, but I was, I was on the ground, and I'm yelling, ah, because ah, ah, I'm just cramping. I just lost so, many, so much weight. They threw me in the back of the truck and had to take the three-hour three ride back to the compound. I, say, I tell you this story just because it was a very influential yes for me. I said yes to that. But from that, the blessing was that Cliff Porter and myself, Cliff has been on every mission trip. We've been on about, I say, if you add them up and determine on what you define as a mission trip, we've been on about 30 mission trips together. And to me, that's, that, that's a blessing. That was a blessing. You know, another blessing I'll, I'll let you know about is that... Um, when we go to Honduras, we don't set the agenda. They set the agenda and we just followed it. One thing, uh, this was way back in um, uh, 2008, or, I'm sorry, 2009, uh, they wanted to do baptism. They wanted to do baptisms. When, so it's like, okay, we'll do baptisms. We want to baptize. I don't see any swim pools. All right. Oh, no, we go to the beach. All right. So we have to go to the Caribbean and drive and baptize people. I says, well, oh, that's fine. So we went to the, ba- we went to the beach and Pastor Jaime, the lead pastor there says, Greg, do you want to, ba- you want to baptize them? I'm like, Sure, I'll baptize them. And so we baptized them, and, um, and there was about 10 people. And so it's, it was so successful, it was so moving that every time that we go there, they schedule their baptisms around uh, our trip. Um, and we baptized, I remember myself, Brenda, uh, Pastor Brenda Williams and myself, we had to split them up. We had almost 80 people that we had to baptize, uh, and it was just an amazing thing. That's our trip uh, from last year. We had to we'd go in the water and we baptized people, guys. Man, I almost said no. I wanted to say no. And let me tell you guys, uh, after that first year in 2004, I said no like the first three years because I just didn't want to do it. But man, look at the blessings that I had. Just blessings of glo- uh, galore. I almost said no to that. I almost said no to that. You know, there's some of you that have said yes uh, to, um, to things here around the church you know, I don't know if Judy's in the room, but I want to thank Judy Stolson for saying yes, for leading the, um, uh, the Rocky Point trip. Man, she does a fabulous job. Thank you so much. I know that you're being blessed. I know you've been. Elaine, uh, Elaine Taylor was in the service, uh, the, other, uh, the first service, and she leads our, um, our family promise where we have homeless people come here and stay at the church. She leads that. Thank you, Elaine, for saying yes. Thank you for saying yes. Yesterday, we went to um, Feed My Starving Children. Uh, Gail and Larry uh, Grabe lead that team. We had almost 80 people that went to Feed My Starving Children. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for saying yes. Are you a first toucher? Raise your hand. First touch people? First touch? Thank you so much for serving, guys. Thank you. Thank you. There's great opportunities. Great opportunities to say yes, guys. Great opportunities. You know, I'm going to ask the band to uh, make their way back up to here. And uh, we're going to finish up with a song as we always do. But uh, there are some opportunities that we need you to say yes. A lot of you had said yes, but we need much more yeses. One of the biggest yeses that we need to have from you guys, and you all know about this, 
it's exciting. We're going to be moving into a new building. All right? We need a lot of yeses out of you guys. We need a lot of people to say yes. Um, some of the numbers that are coming, guys, and these are not, these are not actual numbers. It's just estimate. I just people are just spitting this out. But I, I think they have some type of knowledge. But they say that our tenants may go up as much as 40%. We need you to say yes. We need you to say yes. The opportunities are there. We are going on all the mission trips and all the leaders I had mentioned. We're going on mission trips over the next um, Next uh, two years, that's, our, that's what we do. We go and we travel and we want to connect with our people. We need you to say yes to those opportunities. We need you to say yes to those opportunities. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for uh, your sovereignty. We thank you for your, your involvement, Heavenly Father, in this church. We thank you for um, the opportunities that you place before them. Um, and I pray that uh, we are motivated, we are, we, are, we are strong enough, Heavenly Father, to say yes to those opportunities. Whether they're small, whether they're big, Heavenly Father, we pray that all the godly opportunities, Heavenly Father, that you put before us, that we may be able to decipher them and to uh, give you a, a yes answer, Heavenly Father. And so um, we just pray um, for those opportunities that come before us and that uh, we will give the right response. We love you and we thank you. We pray all these things in your son, Jesus. Amen.